right, I'd like to invite everybody to stand. We'll have a word of prayer, and then we'll get started with worship. Lord, I want to thank you for bringing us all together here today safely. I want to thank you for everything you've done in our lives throughout the week and everything we know you'll continue to do. Lord, we ask you to come be in our midst today as we worship you. In your name we pray. Amen.
everybody take a second, turn around and say hello to somebody. you're here. If you're new here, go ahead and pick up one of these forms from the seat back in front of you, fill it out, and drop it in the offering bag as it goes through. New Vine Youth returns September 10th, right after church. We will have lunch and hang out and have some fun. Students grades 6 through 12th are welcome. Pig Roast is September 17th at 11 a.m. Bring a covered dish and a dessert. Invite a friend to come, we will provide the pig. See you there. Thanks for watching the announcements. If you need any more information, go to our website or pick up a bulletin. Thanks for being here and enjoy the service. Good morning, kids. Oh, come on, wake up. You guys all right? You're all the ones who didn't get to go away for Labor Day weekend. But look at the bright side. You don't have to be on the highway when they're coming home today, right? A couple things. Um, we baptized today. So if you've decided to follow Jesus and you've not been baptized, uh, let me know. We can hook you up today. So we're going to baptize. And we baptize in a creek in the summertime. So we have like nine, nine that are getting baptized. We baptized twice in August. We got nine getting baptized today. So, uh, anyway. Hey, ain't it cool? And my son makes fun of me, but I made maps, but we do have these things. It's a new f- magic box, but anyway, if you want a map on how to get there, they're back on the table. Okay? It's Car- Carmody Park in, in, uh, off of March Fallen Road in Carlisle. That's at two o'clock. And if you're getting baptized, bring a towel and some creek shoes. That's what I call them. Okay? Um, Pig roast is coming up in a couple weeks, so invite people to come. We provide the pig and uh, the drinks, and you guys bring all the other stuff and people that come with you, okay? Um, let's take up the offering first, then we'll do something else, okay? So let's just say a prayer. So, Lord, we just thank you that we can give to you. Thank you that you gave it all for us on the cross. And so, Lord, use these gifts to glorify your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. There's no combination of words I could put on the back of a postcard No song that I could sing but I can try for your heart Our dreams and they are made out of real things Like a shoebox of photographs with sepia tone loving Love is the answer at least for most of the questions of my heart like Why are we here and where do we go and knock come we so hard It's not always easy and sometimes life can be deceiving I'll tell you one thing, it's always better when we're together. Mm, 
something special we're going to do real quick so everybody just pay attention if you don't mind um send i'm not going to help you come up because you won't make it every year we have a women's retreat and uh they do crazy things over there at that retreat just kidding i don't know what they i don't know what they do so anyhow um this is cindy she's in charge of the deal You and Gary, get up out of your seat. Walk over here. Hugh and Gary. Hugh and Gary. See you. Hold it up, you. Look at me. You ever got a scholarship? Don't drop it. It's a clock. Good job. Come here, come here. Come here. It's a really cool clock with Mary's picture on it. And a neat? So, and a little thing that says, in appreciation, years of. of Generosity, the Mary Abernathy Scholarship, New Vine Women's Ministry Retreat. So, bless you guys. Thank you. All right. Good morning. How we doing, guys? Doing all right. If you have a Bible, turn with me to uh, Acts chapter 2. And if you don't have one, it's all good. We'll have it on the screen. And uh, we started last week a series called Better Together. And uh, so, yeah, it's going to be the second week. You guys excited? Sure that you really are. But I always like to take a few moments simply to kind of uh, be still and, and be quiet and open our hearts to God and kind of center our hearts to God. And so, uh, 
Just take a few moments here. Let's relax. Open up our hearts. Close our eyes. And we're going to sit in some silence for a few seconds to to invite God to come and his presence to come. And uh, I don't know about you, but I just have distractions that I carry in here. And sometimes I just need to kind of let those things go. And so, Holy Spirit, we ask that you come, that you just meet us here in this moment right now. So, Father, we thank you for this morning. And Holy Spirit, we ask that you just come and you just meet us here as we reflect on your word and, and how it relates to our lives. We, we bring a ton of distractions and frustrations and pain. And so, Father, we just ask for your healing. ask that you just give us the, the grace to re- release those things to you. And so we ask that you just bless our time. And in Jesus' name, everybody said... Amen. Acts chapter 2, to give you a little context here of what's going on. Jesus has been crucified. He's resurrected. He, for a number of 40 days or so, he interacted with his disciples here and there. And he told them to go to Jerusalem and to wait, that they were going to receive the Holy Spirit. And that when they received the Holy Spirit, that this... Spirit would empower them to then share this good news, this gospel, to the rest of the world. And so it's the day of Pentecost, and the disciples are hanging out in the upper room where they would have had the Last Supper with Jesus. And the way that they describe it, it was as if fire began to just roll through the room and empowering them and open them up. And they left the room, and they went out into the streets, and they began to proclaim this good news to the people. Now, what was interesting about this was that there would have been Jews from all over the Roman Empire who had gathered in Jerusalem for the festivals, the festi- festival of, of Passover and, and now the, the festival of Pentecost. And so as Peter and the disciples began to share this good news to these people that who wouldn't have understood their language, it's as if somehow the Spirit translated it for them. Does this make sense? And it says that 3,000 people came into the church in this moment. Now, there were some there who doubted this. Like, ah, they're just drunk. And Peter stands up and says, we're not drunk. It's 9 in the morning. Like, this is what the prophet Joel said was going to happen. And so it says that 3,000 accepted and said yes and joined in their community. And then it picks up here in verse 42, I believe. It says they devoted themselves... These are the ones who joined the apostles. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and into prayer. And everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. And all the believers were together and had everything in common. 
They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. And every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all of the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Every summer, my family and I, we take a trip to the magical, mythical land of North Carolina. Topsail Island, to be exact. And we've been making this trek for over 20 years. And so we, when I, I remember being a little kid, and we would all gather at my granddad's house here in Franklin, and we would line up our cars, and that was back in the day when you would use luggage carriers. You guys remember those things? Now they're pretty much bags that you strap to the top of your car. But back in the day, they were these really awkward plastic tubs that you would tie to the top of your car. And so we would pack the luggage carrier, and we had CBs. You guys remember CBs? So that we could talk with one another as we would make this trek. And my granddad had this famous line that he would always say as we would pull out for the first time to leave. He would say, he would get on the CB and over all of the... The radios, he would say, we're off like a dirty shirt. (laughs) And so we've kept that tradition alive. We don't use CBs anymore, but now we text it to one another. Right? And so we make this 10-hour journey. Now, we're slow. We like to turn a 10-hour journey into like 14, 15 hours. But nevertheless, we every year make this trip to Top Cell with our family, with with my family. Cousin Amy and her family and, and Mark when he was still here with us and, and Margie Kay when she was still here with us. And now all my brothers, we all have our own families. We all drive together. And every year we make this trip. It's a journey. Here's the thing. In my observation, the Christian life is a journey. Last week, Dad talked about this idea that if you want to go If you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, we have to do it together. And the thing about the life in general is it's not a sprint. It's a marathon. And if you want to make it, then you have to go with other people. Now, if you and I were going to take a journey, if we were going to go to Top Sail, we would need at least three things. We would need a map, and we would need a destination, We would need a vehicle to get there, and we would need places on the road where we could stop and rest and refuel along the way. And so I remember being a little kid, and we're driving through West Virginia, and we come into this huge traffic jam, and uh, there's no way we're going to get through this. So I remember us pulling to the side of the road, and my dad and my granddad getting out the map and laying it on the hood. You guys... You guys remember maps, right? You guys remember these things, right? I know it's been a long time. If there's kids in here, we used to have paper maps. It was like Google, but on paper. Dad thought that was funny. So I remember them laying out this map and and figuring out how we were going to get to our our destination. And so you need a map. You need a destination. You need a vehicle. We drive in the cars. And you need places where we rest and refuel. And so with that in mind, that idea, 
Let's go back to the text. Luke tells us that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer, and that everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. And so the apostles, for three years, they spent their life with Jesus. He reframed for them how to see the world, right? If you're like me, you grow up and you have a particular way that you see the world, but then as you try to follow God and do his, live in his ways, he reframes the way that you see things, right? Does that make sense? And so they, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings. And so the apostles took the things that they had learned from Jesus and they begin to share it, to teach it to these new disciples on uh, what it looks like, a new way to live. And within this, they had these rhythms where they would, would hang out. And so I would say this. If the Christian life is a journey, then I would argue that our destination is the kingdom of God and that the map that's going to get us there is the way of Jesus. Now, if you're like me and you grew up in church, you probably think that the destination of the Christian life is to get to heaven when you die. Right? How many of us, so that's what we, it's kind of how we think about this, this. My goal is to live a good enough life that I can get to heaven when I die. But that's not exactly the way that Jesus explained it. Jesus had a message, repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. And so it wasn't as if Jesus was saying to his disciples, hey guys, just hold on, be good, and then when we die, we'll go to heaven. What did Jesus do? It was almost as if Jesus began, he, Jesus lived in such a way that he brought heaven into the reality of now. Does that make sense? So Jesus' message to his disciples wasn't, hey, say a prayer so you can die and go to heaven one day, and then things will be okay. Jesus' message was that all of this way that God has intended for the world to be, he took and he began to apply it to his life here, now, today. And so what does it mean to live in the kingdom of God? That's the question. How do we experience heaven now? How do we live in such a way, in such a reality, such a realm that we can experience the grace of God here, now, today? And and I would argue this. It's learning how to embrace and experience, extend. It's learning how to play with grace. It's learning how to play with grace. I mean, like your your day. How do I learn how to play with grace during my day? Anybody have a past? Yeah, maybe some of us have some have a past. There's things I've done in my life that I'm not proud of. There's things I'm done in my life that I would never tell you. And the thing about that is that with that, you carry around a lot of shame about it. You carry around a lot of guilt about it. And the problem with carrying guilt and shame is it weighs you down. 
And, and so we can have regrets. You know, my daughter turned 14 today. The thing about raising kids is that it comes with regrets sometimes. And we can allow that, if we let it, to cripple us, to weigh us down, to get us into a place where we can't seem to carry the weight of it all. Or we can learn how to play with grace. And we can say, wait a minute, is, there a, is, it, is it a possibility that somehow God can give me the eyes to see this situation differently? Maybe, how, how do I learn how to forgive it? How do, I lo- how do I learn how to forgive perhaps the person that did something to me that's been weighing me? How do I learn how to forgive myself? Which in my observation is oftentimes the hardest thing to do. And so Jesus taught his disciples how to play with grace. He taught them how to see the world through the lens of the kingdom of God. And one of the, one of the, the most important lessons that he gave them was about learning how to forgive. Even in the Lord's Prayer, right? Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Jesus taught his disciples not to live in the past of guilt, shame, of regret, but how to be simply free from that and that somehow through those little deaths that we all experience in our mistakes or the things that are done to us, that somehow through those little deaths, they always, if we allowed the grace to enter, they always can lead to resurrections. And so sometimes what can happen when we play with grace is that our biggest mistakes become the very thing that we needed to experience so that we can help somebody else along the journey. Does that make sense? And and so it's, so the destination is learning how to live in this kingdom. It's learning how to play with grace. And it's not a, it's not a physical place, physical place that we're going to. Maybe it is when we get to heaven. I don't know. I've never died. But Jesus for certain shared that it's a reality that we can experience now. And he did share with his disciples, actually, I am going to a place. So it is a place. But we don't have to wait to get there. We can enter it now if we choose to open our hearts to what God has for us. Does this make sense? Now, if that's the destination, then it raises the question, well, what's the map to get us there? And the map to get us there, in my opinion, within our tradition, is the way of Jesus. It's learning how to live in the way that he taught us to live. And so we we follow his ways. We forgive when we need to forgive. We say no to sin and selfishness and say yes to love. We serve people around us. We love those who are not loved. We love ourselves because we know that God loves us. We learn how to live in this grace and we learn to follow the map. Of Jesus. This makes sense. And so the destination then is this kingdom 
of God in this map then is the way. Which leads us to this next thought. It said that all the believers were together and had everything in common. And that they sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. And so if the map, if the destination is the kingdom, and the map is the way, following the way, then the vehicle that we ride to get there is the community of believers. It says that they gathered together and no one was in need, that they shared with one another, they lived with one another, they, they lived it out together. And so this, so our church, the fellowship of believers, this is the vehicle that we drive in. This is the vehicle that we ride. We load up in the bus. We take off. And so like within the last few months, we've done all kinds of stuff here. We've done, um, Wildcat Sunday. We cooked out for the teachers at Franklin High School, we've had a funeral. We did uh, Wednesday, or was it Wednesday or Thursday, we did a cookout at Anthony Wayne. We're baptizing today. It's We all take part in this thing. And so, like, for example, on Wildcat Sunday, we were out here grilling, and we made the discovery that the grill wasn't working, which was like a nightmare because we have all these people here, and we can't even cook food for them, and... So we're out there scrambling, trying to figure out how we're going to cook. And and Holly, who I don't know if she's in here, she's she probably in the kids ministry. She's like, let's just cook them on the on the stove. And I'm like, that's a great idea. So we're going to cook these hot dogs on the stove, but we can't find a frying pan. And so we take cookie sheets, and we should have probably just thrown it in the oven with a broiler, but I'm dumb. So we put them on the stove. We lit up all the burners and threw cookie sheets on the stove and we're like frying ha- uh, hot dogs and, uh, and and it turns into a grease fire and you guys are in here listening to dad and I'm shoving uh, towels underneath the door so the smoke won't get out. We can't even see each other because of how thick the smoke is and I'm waiting for the alarms to go off and uh, and it was a nightmare, right? What are we doing? Life's this crazy journey. Well, we're trying to show God's love to these kids, right? We're trying to to open them up to the reality of the kingdom of God, that they are loved. This uh, past week, we're um, we're at Anthony Wayne doing this little thing, and I'm in charge of the football game. And so we have this, it's like a big piece of wood with a receiver painted on it, and it's got a hole, and you throw the ball in there. And this little boy named Dawson... uh, he keeps getting in line, and I, Dawson figured out very quickly that I gave out three tickets whether he made them or not. So he started cheating the system. But the thing about Dawson is that he wouldn't, he couldn't miss. And after about two or three goes, he was telling me about how he can't miss. And he's just, boom, just every time, boom, boom, boom. And I'm like, yeah, that's pretty good, Dawson. He goes, yeah, I'm, I'm really good at this. He's telling me how good he is at this. So I'm giving him his tickets and another two kids. And here Dawson's back. He's ready to go. Hey, I'm not going to miss. I'm going to scoot back this time. Boom, boom, boom. He's making them. And then he gets out of line and a couple more kids. And then Dawson's back. He goes, I think I'm going to do it left-handed this time. I can't miss. I can't miss. And so he starts hitting them. And he's hitting them left-handed. Boom, boom, boom. And I'm like, daggone, I'm starting to not like this kid. I'm like, 
He's starting to get too big for his britches. And then he comes back. He's like, I think I'm going to try setting down this time. So he sets down. He's boom, boom. I think I'm going to close my eyes this time. Boom. It got to the point where I was blocking him because, like, (laughs) I had to knock him down a couple notches, man. He was just getting to whatever. I love Anthony Wayne Elementary. Our, our daughter went to Anthony Wayne. And uh, why do we go there? A lot of those kids, they don't have anything. They got nothing. They don't have families. They don't have parents in their home. I don't know Dawson's story. Obviously, on the surface, he's a very confident kid, but I don't know what's going on with him. And one of the reasons why we go to those places is so that we can extend this grace that we've experienced. That makes sense. So if the destination is the kingdom of God, where everybody's loved, where everybody's accepted, and the map is the way of Jesus, then the way that we get there The vehicle is us, right? The vehicle is us. And sometimes we got to invite other people to join. We got to invite other people to get on the bus. Come on. And and sometimes it's as as silly as making a snow cone, playing a game. But those little seeds, you don't know what that's going to do later on. Does that make sense? And so the destination is this kingdom. That's around us all the time. If we just open our eyes to it, we can experience the love and the grace and the peace that's around us. And it's honestly, it's sometimes it's just the disciplines of counting our blessings and being grateful for what we have and not worrying about the things that we don't have. But the vehicle is us. And I don't know about you guys, but man, I need you guys, right? Sometimes my car breaks down, figuratively and really. Sometimes our cars break down. Sometimes we don't have the gas. Sometimes we need somebody to come along with us and help. And so we have one another to continue on the journey. Does that make sense to you guys? So the destination is this kingdom that we're all trying to learn how to experience day in, day out. The map is this way of Jesus teaching us how to live in a particular way. Sometimes we don't want to live it that way, right? Like me and my... uh, me and Amber got into a little argument yesterday, and I realized in reflecting on it that I had, I had, I had been selfish and I had hurt her feelings. I hadn't, I didn't mean to, but I did. And I get defensive. You guys get defensive. So you, you do something, you do something bad, and then the way that they react, you get defensive, and so that you can justify what you did, right? You guys do this. Maybe it's just us. That's how I am. And so I can double down on being mad or I can play with grace. Right? I can double down on being mad and having to be right. Or I can learn to say, wait a minute. I might have been wrong here. And I have to... And so I send a text message to apologize. You know what I'm saying? Where did I learn that? I learned it from being on the bus with you guys. I learned it being with my mom and dad and them showing me how to to live in a particular way. Because on my own, by myself, I'm just going to do what Mark wants to do. But it's not just about me. 
It's about being with you guys and being in my, part of my family and, and all of those types of things. And so the destination is the kingdom. The map is the way. The vehicle is this community of believers that you and I, are, we share in. And it leads us to one last thought. It says that every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts and praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And that the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. And so every day they would continue to meet together. As we're making our way through the mountains of West Virginia, there's this moment where the mountains begin to break and we start to kind of come out. And there's this big, huge gas station that's at the end of this bottom of this hill. And every year, this is, we stop there. Why? We get out. We want to rest. I want to stretch my back and my legs and my neck. Maybe go inside, get a coffee and use the restroom. Let the kids run around a little bit. If you're going to make a journey, you've got to have these rhythms of resting and refueling. Because if you don't, you're going to run out, right? So what is that for our Christian life? I would say this. The first church understood, and, and the tradition continues, is that you and I, we need to have rhythms where we gather and where we worship so that we can rest and refuel. And so that's why we gather. That's why we come here. That's why we share in community with one another. Because if you're just out there on your own trying to figure it out, it's going to get hard. It's going to get tiring. It's going to run out of fuel. And so every week we come and we rest and we refuel and we gather and we reflect and we let go of all the stresses that we carry around outside of these walls and we enter into this space where we can open ourselves up again to the grace of God so that he can rejuvenate us, remind us of who we are, that we are his, and that things are going to be okay. And like dad, for example, he has his, they have their group that they meet on Wednesday nights and they've been meeting for as long as I can remember and we used to have a group, but then they moved to Tennessee, so that's all cool. But uh, you got to have people, right? And you got to have rhythms. And you have to have these times where you pause and you rest and reflect and refuel so that we can continue on this journey. And so the destination is the kingdom. The map is the way of Jesus. The vehicle is the community. And... We have to have these times where we rest and reflect, which raises one last question. Why does this matter? It matters because you can't do it alone. You can't. Where the rest of the world says, hey, you can do it by yourself. You don't need anybody else. The reality is that you can't. I can't, you can't, it's not possible. We have to have a community. We have to be together. We have to share the burden. It's impossible not to. Good? Makes sense? All right, you guys done? I'm done. Two questions.
What's God saying to you? And what's one thing that you can do about it this week? And so we're going to take a few moments simply to reflect on this, and then we're going to share communion together. And so, Holy Spirit, we ask that you come, that you just meet us here in this moment as we turn our hearts to you. If you have one of these, grab it, take it out. This is another one of those rhythms where we're reminded that we are loved, that we're reminded that we are welcomed at Jesus' table. It's one of the ways that we refresh and refuel our, our hearts. And every week we pray this prayer as a way of centering our our hearts and minds. And so, pray this with me. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. So glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took bread, and after giving thanks, he broke it. And he gave it to his disciples. He said, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took a cup of wine. He said, this is the blood of the new covenant that's been shed for you. And he gave it to his disciples and he said, do this in remembrance of me. Later, reflecting on this, the Apostle Paul said that every time that you and I, we gather and we take this bread and we drink from this cup, we're proclaiming the Lord's death until he returns. Which means we remember what Jesus did, that he was broken and poured out for the sake of the world. And that we're reminded that as the body of Christ, that we are called to do the same, to take part, to be broken and poured out for the people in our lives. And so take the bread, look to the person next to you and say, the body of Christ is broken for you. And now the cup, the blood of Christ is shed for you. All right. Amen. During the first service, my friend kept calling me. 
They're always, I'm, they're always texting me while I'm preaching. He's calling me during the service, and then he was like, uh, they sent me a text message like, oh, sorry, man, I forgot you're a preacher. You're probably busy right now. That was funny. You all stand if you like. Grab hands with the person next to you. Two o'clock, we're doing baptism, so if you want to come join the party, you're more than welcome. Dad's got paper maps. If you need one, or you can just, you know, Google it, whatever. But, uh, yeah, it would be cool. And so, with that, let's pray and we'll get out of here. So, Father, we just, we thank you that you didn't create us to do this alone. That you put us in a community where we can do this together. And so, give us the, the grace and the humility to, to trust into that. To find those people in our lives who are, who are with us. And we just ask that you just be with us this week. Holy Spirit, we ask that you guide and keep us. And in Jesus' name, everybody said... Amen. See you guys.